Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. Let's uh, talk with Gary. Gary, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. This is Gary. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, I have noticed a decrease in my shower water pressure over the last three or four months. It used to be real strong, and now it's kind of weak. Okay. Why do you think that's happening? Is it on both the hot and cold water side? Uh, yes. Okay. Take the shower head off. Yep. And where the where it hooks up to the spout that comes out up there, yeah. If you turn the shower head over, there's going to be a screen, and it's it's got uh-huh. debris, it's got debris in it. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I haven't it, checked that. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be that simple. I mean, uh, I got for some reason at my house, I get sand into my water, and that's the reason uh-huh. I need to look at going ahead and getting the the whole house filtration system put in. But uh, I have to, sometimes I'll go two weeks and have to clean it out. Other times I can go two months. And it's just the the water supplies that we have are continuously getting worse. And so we end up cleaning our strainers and and things a lot more, aerators and stuff. All right. Well, I appreciate that, Jim. You bet, Gary. Thank you, sir. Have a Merry Christmas. We're going to talk with Charlie from Burleson. How are you today, Charlie? Hey, Jim, is this a Denali of the home improvement shows? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's the Yugo anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Jim, I got a slight challenge for you Uh, with my Christmas tree. Yeah. uh, It's it's an artificial tree, and it's got four sections to it. Now, I got lights on the bottom section, none on the middle section, but yet I've still got lights on the top two sections. Okay. And I, I can't figure out what's wrong with it. Well, what are you complaining about? Two-thirds of it works. Well, yeah, I know. I'm kind of <laughs> narrow-minded like that. <laughs> Look, it, it's got to be that uh, where, the, where the trees hook together, you know, where the uh, stem in the middle hooks together, there's typically buttons in there. Uh, I say buttons. They're just uh, brass contacts. And so the first thing you're going to end up having to do is take the bottom section and that second section apart. Okay. It can be as simple as one of the little needles got into between those two contacts and doesn't allow it to make contact because there's typically a separate one that goes all the way up to the top. Now, that's one way they did the trees. The other is each section has a plug that you plug into each other as it goes up. So which one do you have? I have the way you you plug uh, one to the other. Okay, where you got the cord in the middle and you have to keep plugging it? Yes. Okay. On those, a lot of them have a fuse for each section of the tree. Yeah. It's just one of those inline fuses, and I'll bet that's what's out. Yeah, it's got two uh, 3-amp fuses. Yep. And they're so tiny, I couldn't even, I couldn't see a breakage in them. Yeah. I I just put them back together. Yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet that's what it is, though. Okay, I'll I'll just have, those things are like hen's teeth, you can't hardly find them. Yep. (laughs) Uh, If you go to uh, um, the the box stores right now, 
Lowe's uh-huh. and Home Depot, because they've got all the Christmas light stuff going, they'll have them. Uh, Ace Hardware typically has them as well. Okay, we don't have one of those down here, but yeah, Lowe's is kind of my go-to place. Yep. So I'll give them a shot. Okie doke. Kurt, welcome to WBAP. Hi, Jim. Wanted to thank you again for the uh, Stone Age Granite. Trixie did a great job, but a new question for you. Okay. I've got a two-car garage, basically 24 deep, 23, 22 and a half wide. Steep pitch, so I've got a huge amount of space in my attic. And I'm wondering, to put a small 8 by 10 type storage area up there, make it humidity and temperature controlled to store stuff up there, um, do you have any ideas what I would need to do to do that? Do I need to run a small I-beam or just a lamb joint across it to support the extra weight? Well, it's going to depend on what size uh, ceiling joist you have right now. 10-inch. You know? 10-inch? 10-inch, yeah. Well, let me get my cheater chart out here and take a look at uh, what we need. And you said that right was a... Now, spending a lot of money on a storage unit i thought if i could move it all up there a couple years it'll pay for itself sure and and you said that was a uh 22 and a half foot spread right yes all righty well let me pull up my well the beams running lengthwise are probably 24 Okay. It's 22 across, the short-wise, but that's be what I'd support. Right. Length-wise but, is uh, which, which, wall is, which direction are the ceiling joists running? That'd be the 24-foot span. Ooh, 24. Okay. Yeah, you're going to have to beef that up pretty good. Um, let's see. You got 10, you said? Yeah. And I've got room on the sides, and that's why I thought I just put a 4-inch... Uh, I-beam steel, it would maybe work? Uh, it, it, it would help. You could run that a, across, you know, underneath right, across. in the opposite direction. And Exactly. Okay, you're, for a floor joist, your span for a 2 by 10 is actually 15 foot 5. And okay. that's if it's on 16-inch centers. And I believe they are. Okay. So you got one of two choices. One... You could uh, go up there and scab some 2x12s next to them, you know, and just sister them on there. Yep. Uh, that would help increase your span. Uh, you could laminate it with another 2x10 and, and plywood in between. That would really stiffen them up. Or you could go underneath, like you were just talking about, with an I-beam or a laminated wood beam and go across all the, the ceiling joists. So now your span's no longer 24 foot, but if you run it through the middle, it's only 12 foot. That's, I was thinking that would be the easiest. That would probably be the easiest, and truthfully, that's going to give you the, the best strength as well because you can put whatever you want up there pretty much then. Any ideas on uh, anything else for code to just put some sheetrock up and small little framing to box it in anything else i'd have to worry about for that uh you're gonna have to have electric you know for for powering whatever you're gonna put up there for dehumidification and all that stuff uh as far as the beam that you put across um you know you're you're still going to be dealing with a 24 foot 
or no, in that direction, you're dealing with a 22-foot span. Would it be possible to have a post in the middle? Not really. That kind of ruins the garage. Okay. It'd just be something to hit. Then here's what I want you to do. I want you to give uh, Deaver's Engineering a call. The Houston company? Yep. Uh, and you can just talk with him on the phone because he can look up and give you what size beam you would need in order to make that span right. Okay. And that number is 713-828-8901. And he has engineers up here as well if somebody needs to come out and take a look at it. All righty. Well, I appreciate your help very much. You bet. Thank you, sir. Take care. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Let's head to Plano. And Mike, how can I help you today? Hi, Jim. Quick question. I'm looking to mount a TV in a brick wall. And I have been trying to figure out, is it best to go into the mortar and use lag shields or into the brick? I've probably asked about 20 people and researched on the Internet, and half say one and half say the other. What's your opinion? Truthfully, uh, it depends on how much weight I'm going to be putting on the screws themselves. So what, how big a TV are we putting in? It's about a 50-pound TV or less. Okay. And the reason I say that, putting it into the brick is stronger than putting it into the mortar. Uh, and it, it's not that the wall itself stronger, but mortar inherently is weaker than the brick as far as being able to pull the screws back out. And so that's what you have to typically take a look at is, you know, how heavy is this? And at 50 pounds, you're going to end up with a TV bracket mount, four screws in there anyways. Uh, it's not going to really probably matter which way you go. If I was doing it, though, my top two screws I would put into brick, and if the bottom ones ended up in the mortar, so be it. So how do you what do you go into the brick? Do you have some type of an anchor, or are you screwing straight into the brick? I I, you, I would personally use an anchor. Uh, they you have regular you know the lead type anchors that mm -hmm. you can drill a hole out, tap the lead anchor into it, and then when you put the screw in, it expands out and tightens up on the wall of the brick. You so, definitely so, you you definitely have to be careful that you don't go too far because you can crack the brick. Yeah, that's the problem. I've had people that have tried that and cracked the brick. Yeah. Now they do make you know the uh, tap-on screws, those blue yeah. screws. Yep. And uh, those things actually do a really good job of mounting things. Hmm. Okay. And so that would give you an option. And since you're only talking fifty pounds. Uh, if you look at when when you look at the boxes of the tap-ons, they tell you how much weight each screw can handle. Yep. If I was doing it, I would get the 50-pound screws, and, but I'd have four of them in there, so it's well over what is required to hold that TV that way. Right. Okay. Thanks for your time. You bet, Mike. Take care. There is always issues. No matter how you're going to mount it, there's going to be issues. The issue with putting screws though into the mortar. Uh, if you put a screw into the brick and try pulling it, you're typically going to have to pull the whole brick out in order to get that screw out. If you put a screw into the mortar, mortar is inherently weak. And you can pull and you can just slide it right out of the, the mortar. 
that's a reason I would prefer to go into the brick. But like I said, when you're mounting a TV, you typically have four screws on that mount. Put the top two into the brick, and if the bottom two end up in mortar, no big deal. Don't worry about it. William, welcome to KTRH. How can I help you? I got. I have a house that was built in the 70s, late 70s. I replaced all the flooring downstairs with a uh, tile, a porcelain tile. Well, upstairs has carpet, and I want to pull that carpet up and put down uh, a flooring up there. I'm not sure what I'm going to put down, whether it's a uh, porcelain, a laminate, or a uh, Something of that sort, a hardwood. Okay. I don't, I don't know what the best product would be to put down, but either way, ain't am I going to have to put down a backer board before I put a tile or something down? If you're going to put a tile down, you would have to put down a concrete backer board. If you went with a uh, a wood floor or one of the uh, laminates, something like that, then you wouldn't. Uh, you you could get away with going down straight onto the wood. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Uh, and what, if if I did put a tile down, would I have to worry about weight uh, when it comes to all that backer board being put up there? No, no, it's not. It's not going to be that heavy. The bigger thing you have to worry about is if you're going to go with tile up there, you probably only have one layer of plywood on the floor up there right now. And that's not enough for the tile. You typically okay. have to have two layers of plywood and in order to keep it from sagging between the floor joists. Because when you put tile on it, it's got zero give when it comes to sagging floors and stuff. So if okay. you've got just one layer of plywood, you step in the middle of the floor joist, the plywood sags a little bit, that would crack the tile. In okay. my opinion, you would be much better off. It'd be less expensive for you to go, even with a high-end wood floor versus just a regular wood floor. It would be right. cheaper than going with tile because of all the work you'd have to do. That sounds great. One other question. Sure. On the stairs, uh, I know they sell the uh, the planks the, for each uh, stairwell. Yeah, a um, regular tread. Yeah, the treads. Can I, uh, rather than, I know that kind of can get expensive, like $35 per tread. Can I just uh, go get a piece of uh, oak uh, plywood and cut it for size and then put, uh, you know, little trim pieces on the edges? What you'll find is the plywood won't hold up as well. Uh, but you can go get just regular plank wood and use it, you know, solid wood. Yeah. Uh, the plywood actually would wear too much. Okay. Uh, the, and if you shop around a little bit for the, for the treads, what I, what I did at my house, uh, because I changed my treads out, I got the unfinished and then installed it. And after it was installed, I went through and, and did all the finishing on it. And that was, for me, that was much less expensive. And I got the color the way I wanted it then. Absolutely. Sounds great. That's what I'll do. I appreciate your help. And you have a Merry Christmas. You have a Merry Christmas as well. Chuck, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you today? Yeah, Jim, I'm, uh, my, my master bath, I had a new shower put in, and it worked perfect for about a year. Uh, but over over time, we wash our pets in there, and we also my, we all wash in there. And what seems to appear is that I have a square thing where I can take up, and I'm seeing white calcification 
what can I do to remove that? And, and the white calcification, are you talking about it's, it's uh, actually down in the drain, or is it in the faucets yeah, coming it, in? It, it, it's in the box going into the drain, yes. Hmm. Okay. Well, typically the calcification can be cleaned up fairly easily with, uh, like, lime away, CRL, things like that. Uh, okay. But you must have just some unbelievably hard water to to be doing it, that. Cause well, you, here, here's the thing. We had our home repiped, and not anymore. This was prior to, and so um, we did, we had nasty water. That's why we repiped everything. Yeah. And we, we put a whole home uh, water softener on it as gotcha. well. So okay. we don't have that issue. Good. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, that's a water softener sounds like something you were going to need. Uh, but as far as cleaning out that pipe, yeah, t- or that drain line, typically, like Lime Away will eat away that calcium, clean it up. But I think you're probably also going to want to clean out the pipe itself. You know, just a little hand crank snake will will take care of that. Uh, because there's more than likely some buildup down in there as well. Yeah. Down in the P-trap. Right. And so uh, how aggressive do you, is there a, a commercial-grade product that one can get to CLR? I don't know. Will that cut it? or It should. You know, yeah, you shouldn't, have it, to get, you shouldn't have to get overly aggressive with it at all. Now, the thing you have to watch, though— Sometimes what we see and think is uh, calcium buildup is actually the metal down around the uh, base there bubbling up. And if that's the case, the CLR is not going to take care of that at all. Yeah, because when I finish a shower, I have about two inches of sanding water over that drain. Yeah, see, that's going to be, if you run that little hand crank snake through there, you you got a buildup of of sludge down in your P-trap. Uh, and that'll clear that out. Okay. All right. And so, uh, a snake, to, just like you would buy, you know, for for commodes. Yeah. They, uh, if you go to the box stores, they make a one that's got a little tub on it. That's uh, round with a little crank handle on it. You got a handle you hold like a pistol, and then yep. it has the t- the tub on it that you crank by hand. And the snake will come out about 25 feet. Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, that, that's all you need to run in there. Okay, very good. Alrighty, you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Let's talk with Chris. Welcome to KRLD. How can I help you today? Hey, how you doing there, Jim? Wonderful. How about you? Oh, good, good. Thank you. I got a question for you. I'm redoing the soffit and the fascia. Uh, I was... Need some answers on the best caulk to use to refill the holes. On the fascia and what else? And the soffits. Okay, fascia and soffits. You know, I I typically, when I'm buying caulk, I will typically buy like GE or DAP, one of the name brands, and I'm usually getting the 35 or 50-year caulk. You can buy the 5 or 10. You're not going to get 5 or 10 years out of it. If you buy a a uh, 35-year caulk, you're probably going to get about 10 years out of it in our climate. If you buy a 5-year caulk, you're going to get about 2 years out of it in our climate. Uh, our climate is just brutal on caulking. Now, there is one brand out there, and you don't find it very often, 
that if you have larger gaps that need to be filled, it's called big stretch. And if you got areas where you might get a little shifting or movement, the big stretch actually holds together better than regular caulking does. But my go-to is typically by DAP. It's the 35 to 50-year caulk, siliconized. Okay, siliconized, yes, because I, I know they make so many different ones now. Uh, yep. I was going to ask you, what's the best thing to use, caulk, or would like a putty hold up outdoors? Nah, for, for doing all around your trim and all that kind of stuff, caulking is still the best to use. Okay, then. Well, I appreciate all the information. Thank you so much. You bet. Have a Merry Christmas, Chris. You, you too. Bye-bye. Jimmy, how are you today? Wonderful, wonderful. I love your show. I've listened to you for years. Uh, quick question. Okay, the sidewalk? Yes, sir. Uh, that, you know how they, after some years, they crack. And I've seen the cement uh, caulk and also seen at another uh, local hardware is some vinyl that you can put in between. Yes. Okay. And also, I have the same problem with uh, a little portion of my uh, driveway. What do you suggest? Well, either system will work. Uh, I think the uh, vinyl that you're talking about, that stuff that comes in a roll, yes. it's called yes. Trimaslab. Yes. And I, I actually like that product. It works very well, uh, and it's really easy to install. The, the issue that you run into when you start using the vinyl liquid that you pour in there, yes. it, can, it can run way too deep. In other words, you can use a ton of material if, it's, if it doesn't fill up and seal properly. Okay. It, can, it can start running underneath the concrete. But the nice thing about that Trimaslab product, uh, and you, you, you probably saw that at an Ace Hardware, didn't you? Uh, no, I, I saw it at Elliot. Elliot, yeah, Elliot's would would be another place that would carry it. Um, it's very easy to install. You only have to, you know, if you've got a, a wooden uh, uh, joint down in there, you know, you only yeah. have to get a piece of it out of the way in order to to drop this in. It comes in fifty okay. foot rolls. The only thing you have to watch on the trim slab is it comes in different widths. You know, they've yeah. got it, they've got it uh, you know, for a, they got it three-quarter inch, one inch, an inch and three-eighths wide. So if your gap is wider than that, then then you end up having to revert back to using the, the liquid to fill it. Yes, yes. But the liquid works well as well also. I mean, when you use that, what I typically do is get some yolk, that's the, the the rope that when you stick it down in there and it gets wet, it expands and seals. Okay. So I'll pack that down into the hole, put the the liquid in on top of it, and that seals it up to to where you don't use a lot of material. But when you when you pour that in there, you don't have to worry about any water going down in the gra ca gaps right. anymore and stuff like that. It it seals it tight. Good, good. Okay, I appreciate it. Have a great day. You have a Merry Christmas, Jimmy. Thank you. And I had one more thing I wanted to cover today before we have to go. We were talking about wooden windows a couple times today. And, you know, we started talking about 
the air that comes through wooden windows. And this is very common on the windows that go back into the 40s and prior. Uh, in the 50s, we went to those metal crank windows, and those have pretty much all been replaced. I mean, there's a few of those out there still, but the wooden windows actually are still out there quite a bit. They do make insulation, or weather stripping, rather, that you can put on those wooden windows. Uh, you can uh, nail it into the jam of the window itself, uh, into the frame around the window. And the window, when it slides up and down, yes, it rubs against that insulation. So it does tighten up the movement of the window a little bit, but that's what you want it to do. Uh, it doesn't cost very much. Uh, it It is going to show a little bit, but truthfully, you can paint it if you don't want to look at it and, and make it match whatever color you have the, the window frame painted. But you don't necessarily have to tear the window out or caulk it and seal it up tight. You can get the weather stripping. Even the box stores carry it uh, to go around that window. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.